is the Go Blue Crew. Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to the Go Blue Crew. I am Tyler Fenwick, joined by Derek Devine. We have some very good stuff to talk about today since Michigan beat Minnesota 49-24 on the road at night. I know that doesn't carry the same weight as it normally would, but before we get into talking about the specifics of this game, I just got to know, Derek, uh, because I I certainly felt different watching this game just because of everything that's been going on, and I wanted to know if, if you felt the same way. Was this any different for you, or were you able to kind of shake that and say, you know what, this is just a regular Michigan football game? At the beginning, I was not able to shake it. Um, I think... You know, as the game progressed, specifically after Michigan responded to the terrible start, um, it kind of, you know, I just kind of settled into this feels like a classic Michigan football game. There were times where, you know, shots of the crowd, shots of the stadium, shots of lack of crowd, I should say, shots of the stadium, lack of game noise for big plays, uh, maybe thinking forward to an empty big house. I mean, it definitely felt different. And, And I'm type. I'm the type to, you know, I like to, like you've, you've talked about this before, like, you know, sometimes it's just better to watch by yourself sometimes. Um, I'm the type that likes to have the volume up. I like to be able to hear everything, including, you know, from crowd noise to sometimes when you hear the players to obviously commentary. Um, so I would maybe feel like it's the equivalent to if you were to watch a game, like in a loud setting, like a bar, where you can't really hear the audio. Um, and it's just, you know, players on the screen. Um, that's what it kind of felt like to me. It maybe wasn't so much the, you know, the, the lack of a different field. Cause I mean, obviously ESPN, ABC, um, and I'm sure, you know, Fox and, and all the other, um, networks will do the same thing. It, it doesn't feel necessarily different from a broadcast standpoint, but yeah, I, I kind of relate it to, you know, loud room, can't hear the audio, just kind of watching, um, players move around because when you do have the volume up, like I like, um, you do notice the differences. It is so much quieter. Um, anytime that they, they do plays where, you know, like they, you want to hear the hit where you want to hear kind of like the game audio, there's no crowd noise in the background. So that's a little weird. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall I was able to settle in and just, it was Michigan football and I was just happy to have it back on my TV screen. Things turned around pretty quickly after that debacle on the first possession. And, and obviously it only got better from there. But were you thinking, man, like, here we go. This is big game Michigan. Why did I ever trick myself into thinking things would be different this year? Like I was having those thoughts as that blunt, as that, uh, not the blunt. This is, <laughs> this is a PG podcast. The punt gets blocked and, and, and then Ben Mason's, you know, his penalty, like that whole sequence just brought back some terrible memories and, Michigan erased it pretty quickly, but there, there was a minute or two there where I thought, oh my gosh, like all you're, all you're doing is changing the personnel and, and everything else stays the same. We can't expect Michigan to do much in these big games. Was that your thought process too? Yeah. And I actually kind of braced for that beforehand. I, I kind of had a quick moment where I was thinking like, wow, you know, it's week eight. This is the first game of the season for both teams, road game for Michigan, even though that looks different this year prime time abc joe Milton start in front of you know millions of tv viewers i started thinking like michigan's been in this you know season opener prime time slot before and there have been years where it has not gone well against a ranked team 
And so I kind of almost like prepared for then what happened beforehand. But when it happened, it was just as much of a what in the world is going on. Uh, here we go again. And, you know, just really hopeful that they could find a way to turn it around quickly, which luckily they did and then never looked back and just a dominating performance. But yeah, there was a very, you know, uneasy feeling that first big play to a true freshman. And then it kind of just all fell apart for, you know, <laughs> five, 10 minutes. And then you had kind of wondering like, Oh boy, is this what the season's going to be like? Let's run through some numbers here. Joe Milton, 15 to 22 for 225 and a touchdown to son Haskins led the way on the ground, 82 yards, a couple touchdowns. Uh, Zach Charbonnet had that 70 yard touchdown. Ronnie Bell was leading receiver, uh, four receptions, 74 yards. Although that's a little deceiving because uh, he picked up uh, probably more than half, well more than half of the, of uh, those yards pretty late when when things were were put away. A uh, bunch of receivers got involved. A bunch of running backs got involved. I thought defensively, it was good enough. You know, uh, got some good pressure on Tanner Morgan from time to time, especially late uh, to kind of you know, make sure that Minnesota definitely wasn't going to be able to claw its way back into this one on the ground though. I think there's a little bit to worry about. Uh, we know that Mo Ibrahim is, uh, he's a bruiser. We knew he was good coming into this one. It's still a little disappointed to see him rip off 140 yards and a couple touchdowns. He was really tough to bring down. And, and I thought, you know, that, that was an area where if you're going to nitpick, uh, you, know, you might look at that run defense and say there's there's something still to be desired there. And and, and Rashad Bateman, uh, superstar wide receiver, that was a very quiet 101 yards. He had uh, you know, that, that one catch over the middle where he kind of busts one uh, back outside. Other than that, did a really good job containing him. He just, you know, he had a fair number of receptions because Tanner Morgan obviously loves going to him. But <laughs> I know I texted you this and uh, I thought this was a, uh, just something interesting, uh, an interesting thought after the game. If you had told me that Muhammad Ibrahim would have 140 yards and Rashad Bateman would have 101 yards and the score was 49-24, I would not feel very optimistic that Michigan won this game. I would think, oh yeah, Minnesota probably found its way to 49 points with numbers like that. But Michigan's defense just came up with enough stops, uh, enough turnovers to to keep Minnesota at, at pretty good offense last year and, and I know it's not uh, the same this year but but still you know a, a pretty good offense to, to only 24 points yeah I'll respond to basically everything you touched on and, and add one element for Joe Milton I, I feel like his stat line's misleading I mean it is what it is um, but if you think of the Eric all play where he drops that he redeemed himself for the nice, nice catch after that and the Ronnie Bell um kind of run after catch where he looked like Daniel Jones and fell. Oh, I mean, boy. Joe Millen should have 250 plus and three touchdowns. Um, and so, you know, his stat line is right now at like, okay, you know what? We've got a quarterback who, you know, can play. And it's, you know, two of those plays away from being like, whoa, like three touchdowns over 200 yards. Like we don't see that, you know, every game from a Michigan quarterback. Um the defense, I feel like overall, it's it's hard to be unhappy with the performance. Um, you give up, you know, seventeen points in the in the first half. 
um, and then only allow seven more. And so I think overall, like you said, enough stops, enough big plays, defensive touchdown, um, you know, some great plays on special teams and in terms of blocking, uh, or not blocking, uh, stopping a fake punt attempt, uh, you know, returning a kind of a botched kickoff almost to the house. Like there are enough things that you can maybe point to, you know, a few things defensively, but Minnesota had playmakers. We knew they had playmakers. We knew those playmakers would make plays. Um, and so I don't want to pick apart the defense too much, though I do think there's just enough to look at. Um, and, and coaches, especially in the film room, will have a ton of content to kind of build off of. For me, special teams is the glaring, you know, what in the world was that from the blocked punt to the three missed field goals and the fact that they didn't even try to attempt a fourth field goal and they probably should have. I think if Quinn Nordine was healthy, he would have trotted out there probably before that point, but at least at that point. Um, but they said, you know what, we're not even going to, you know, send out a kicker uh, for this fourth attempt. We're just going to go for it late in the game. But I'm not mad at it because I think you need to have something glaring to work on. Um, and hopefully they can get that situation figured out. But I'll add that to kind of your list of, you know, if you told me these Minnesota players did this, if you would have said the same to me and that Michigan just botched three field goals, I would have thought, oh, no, like it was a bad night on the road for Michigan. And, you know, to give up, you know, plays to those players to miss three field goals and still win by 25 points, you got to feel pretty good uh, about this team, at least in their first performance. Yeah, that's another good point. Uh, before we get to players we were impressed with, I just assume, uh, you know, we're, we're both going to immediately jump to Joe Milton. So to save us a little bit of redundancy, I'm going to go on the other side of the ball and point out Michael Barrett who had seven tackles, uh, sack. He was in on another tackle for loss. He was all over the field. Obviously had that really nice uh, kickoff return that that was that was almost a touchdown. That would have been great. I thought he did a really nice job in his debut at that tough Viper position where you know, we have pretty high expectations because of, of Jabril Peppers and Kalik Hudson. Players that have come before him have set the bar really high. And based on his debut, I mean, it seems like there's not going to be a drop off there. Michael Barrett, Michael Barrett, excuse me, looks like uh, the real deal. Yeah, I was very impressed with, uh, you know, his overall performance. He was everywhere on the field, including special teams, making plays. Um, there's video of him puking while he's out there as a defender. Yes. <laughs> there was the report of, you know, he was puking before the, the you know, kickoff return. Looked a little bit slow there, and, and I'm just going to chalk it up to wasn't feeling great because it, it seems like he was a guy who was talked about, not a burner necessarily like some of the guys that I'll touch on in a minute, but you know an athlete out of high school who could have played any position. Um, they wanted to try him at multiple spots, and he ends up finding a, what I believe is a really good home. And almost that performance alone, and we'll see how the rest of the year turns out, but that performance alone kind of makes me wonder like, man, why did we not see this more last year? Um, yeah. And I feel like people will feel that way about a guy like Joe Milton, even though maybe that's a little less reasonable. Because um, if he has a really good year, you're going to hear people say, what What were we doing last year not giving him a chance? Um, of course, I've Michael always... Barrett was in on, on the – he's the one who jarred the, bar, jarred the ball loose on that touchdown. Yeah, yeah. And I, I always am, you know, an uh, uh, advocate for, you know, starting – players even at the quarterback position even as true freshmen i mean you see some of the best teams around the country do that so you're going to hear people you know talk about guys like joe milton and 
uh, Michael Baird of why didn't we see them more last year? But yeah, I think as long as he keeps playing well, I, I think that he could be the best player on the defense this year for sure, just because he was all over the place. Uh, I'll go with a group here and I want to just, you know, talk about the, the freshmen, two freshmen on uh, offense. You had three people specifically that made plays. I'll start with AJ Henning. Didn't do a ton. He had one reception and a rush uh, and he had kind of around the edge there um, just turned on the, the acceleration burners and, and didn't get to do much with the ball, but you could just tell that he is as fast as they say. Um, Roman Wilson had two great catches. One that I think will be a touchdown next year. Um, where he just couldn't quite break free from the defender, um, but caught a similar ball, similar routes. He looked fast and, and, and you know, looked like a guy that you're going to see more of. And then Blake Corum, obviously, starting out um, his first play from scrimmage, going for a, a big gain before the drive fell apart and got four other rushing attempts and, and actually caught a pass for uh, 24 yards too. So, I mean, just three guys. I mean, we talk speed and space. We talk about Michigan, you know, trying to find speed that people claim is only in the SEC. And between those three players specifically, I mean, those guys look talented. They look fast. And I saw enough just from the first game to where, especially in a year where, where eligibility is no problem, you're going to see a lot of those names on the field, not only this year, but especially moving forward. All right, well, we'll cut it off there. Stick around later this week. We'll take a look at a big rivalry game coming up against a depleted Michigan State, but I'm going to be too nervous saying anything too uh, negative about, about the Spartans, just given recent history. So we'll have that up later this week. Thanks for checking us out on the Go Blue Crew. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Ty underscore Fenwick, and Derek is at Divine Identity. Go Blue. Go Blue.